Open your Bibles this morning uh, with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We've spent several lessons in this chapter 1 and the last few verses of the chapter, uh, uh, and I'd like to read those this morning and a couple other, a couple other thoughts, bef- and uh, we'll, you'll see where we're headed. Uh, verses 30 and 31 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it, according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And we've looked at, at, at several different thoughts here, and these four things that it says in here, uh, Christ is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption important things to us as believers and as saved sinners that uh, those things that Christ is to his people. And and it mentions these four things here, and we've looked at them in order some. And today I'd like to look at, and the message title will be and is, The Lord Our Redeemer. Um, that's that's the, the fourth piece in here, redemption is what he has made unto us. And we're going to look at some some other things. I'd like to... I'd like to read um, the first few verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, uh, and by just picking these two verses, I don't mean to just take them out of a, a setting or take them out of other thoughts, but but for for um, for time and for those, those thoughts that we did look at... Uh, it was necessary in that way, but I'd like to read the first few verses of First Corinthians chapter 1, starting with verse 4, actually. It says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And here's Paul speaking to them. And these were people that, that uh, by his knowledge and by his familiarity with them, knew who these people were. And uh, some important things in here that he's talking about to lead into the rest of the, the the letter here that but as it says here in that in everything you are enriched by him in Christ in all utterance and all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he's speaking about here primarily it's not those gifts he's talking about isn't speaking in tongues or healing or those type of things uh, it's speaking about those gifts and those things that that in we have in Christ, as it says, we have all things. We have all spiritual blessings in Him in heavenly places, and He uh, uh, says that that we shall be confirmed unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so he, again, as he as He does. Uh, um, anytime that he's speaking 
to God's people and, and the gospel is coming forth from him, the testimony of our Lord is that these things that God's called it, his people into himself. God has done these things. Uh, uh, that he is the one that uh, confirms these things in his people that we may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ so that everything that we need is, is furnished to his, his people. Uh, and and as a, if you're familiar with the, the book of 1 Corinthians, they had a few issues that he dealt with. And, but but uh, as he starts out here and what his uh, intention is, and by God giving him these words, is that they're not a divided people, that they're of Christ, not of Paul or, or of um, Crispus or Gaius or others that they kind of gravitated together apart uh, uh, to and some to Paul and he says we're not divided this is in all the things we have are in Christ not in in another person and not to say that that those you know we're not edified by other people obviously we are but the, the, the where we stand in is not of these other other ones and we're not of this preacher or that preacher or the other preacher uh, or teacher we are we're of in and of Christ and as a body uh, um, those are not the types of issues that we need to be in, is how, to being divided because of these things. And Paul goes on, and, like I said, and, and, and speaks uh, plainly to, to them a little later about some of their problems. But down here, he's made unto us these things, and wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. And each of those things can be opened up, as we looked a little bit at them, can open up, There's a, they're only... Uh, so many words that we have and we can't really fully explain in words to these things. God reveals himself to us and makes these things so to us uh, and a little bit at a time that we are given the eyes to understand some of these things uh, that we that we have in Christ. Um, uh, but these four things are not the only four things. They each contain so much and they're interwoven that... that um, uh, they're not standalone, and is all things. He is made unto us wisdom, as we as we saw, as we've seen, not not physical, fleshly wisdom, but spiritual and righteousness. That righteousness that we cannot have and do not have, except it provided for us. His righteousness, sanctification, and from we we've seen from before the foundation of the world, he had a people that was given to our Lord and. Those people set aside are not sanctified as in the thought of being made better all the time. We're in him, we have all we are going to have. Now, outwardly and in the flesh, we've got a little bit of a issue still. We're going to have the flesh with us always. And that part is, is not sanctified as the world would think. We're not, we're not going to reach perfection in any way, shape, or form physically in this life, but the sanctification we have is set apart unto him and set apart unto, unto him that he is our redeemer. And we're going to see that. I'm going to read that. Um, a couple of verses to look at that, that mention this. Uh, Isaiah chapter 47. And we're going to be in Isaiah uh, a, a number of verses and, and other places, but in Isaiah chapter 47 to start with.
verse verse 4, it says, speaking of, of God's people, as for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Israel. Sit thou silent and get thee into darkness, O daughter of Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. Our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name. And we, we Norman went through quite a series of of some lessons where the Lord of hosts was mentioned and who that is. And that that's one other term for it. He's the Lord of, of everything there is. He's not just, he's not just uh, compartmentalized as a Lord in this area or whatever. He is the Lord and there's no, no other. And, and he is the one that is our redeemer in, in chapter 49 of Isaiah and, um, And here, speak, uh, start with verse 24 of Isaiah, uh, uh, verse 40, or chapter 49. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood, as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the mighty, o Jacob, o mighty one of Jacob. The, the Lord am, I am the, the Lord am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. So he, that the Lord himself is our, is the redeemer. And then one more in Isaiah 59. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse. Uh, verse 20 says. And the redeemer shall come to Zion. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. And here the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and to them that turn from transgression, Transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. And he is his people's redeemer. And um, you could, the, the, uh, the thought and the, what the meaning of redeemer is something that has either been sold, lost, or however is into, a, into slavery or into another possession. And to be redeemed has to be redeemed by one that is able and that's a whole other study as, and we, as we looked in Book of Ruth about the kinsman redeemer. Uh, had to be able and fit to, to do the redeeming. Had to be one that could purchase back that that was, that was lost. And, uh, and the Lord himself is the only one that can do that. Uh, in Isaiah 53, and I... And I uh, took a few notes and a few thoughts on Isaiah 53, and I had just about all of Isaiah 53 written down to, that, that's uh, 
uh, having to do with our Redeemer and and um, uh, his his redeeming and and um, bearing the, the the sin and the the things for for his people um, in Isaiah fifty three. And we're not going to read all that. Be, um, like I say, that's another time and devotion and study, and many many messages have come out of that. Uh, but in uh, verse 4, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions, verse 5, bruised for our iniquities, the uh, chastisement of our peace is upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Uh, verse 6, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 8, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. Verse 9, uh, and we'll look at some of these other thoughts in just a bit uh, in other places. His soul an offering for sin. And 11, by his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Uh, verse 12, made intercession for the transgressors. In the, uh, the, the uh, chapter there, the Isaiah 53 describes... Uh, what was needed and what was done to redeem the church. None of this could be done by any other than the Lord and in no other way. He was the only one that was a, a, a fit person to do this, that was able to do this. He was the only one, he was the only one that was uh, had to be flesh and blood like his brethren that he could redeem. And that sacrifice had to be one that, not like the pictures we see in the Old Testament of the sacrifices, that were pictures of what was needed. He, he was the only one that c- could provide those things that was needed because of, of his uh, uh, perfect holiness, perfect righteousness, perfect everything that he could not only live and do those things that the law demanded and do those things, but he, he provided all else. He could take on the transgressions of, of his people. They could, he was... And it said, by his stripes we are healed. And in verse 11, by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. And uh, uh, it's not just that he did that, but it says, by his knowledge shall he uh, justify many. His people, as in, in Corinthians there, where it said he was made those things to us, made redemption to us. He here, as it says, uh, by his knowledge, and it's not just by, it's not just by the. Here's the the little card in the pew that says, you know, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for that, and let's, you know, I sign this and it'll take care of it. This, it's not that kind of a knowledge that's speaking of. It's that that is revealed uh, uh, by God to His people, um, uh, that He is the one that can can do that to justify his people. And um, again, it describes in, 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 in uh, can, many hours can be spent on, on chapter 53 of Isaiah there. Just in Hebrews, we're going to move along. In Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to be in, in several uh, places in Hebrews. So, uh, as is said sometimes, keep your finger there. But chapter 2 of Hebrews, in all of Hebrews, it starts out by saying, He spake to us by the fathers and the prophets in time past. And it says, Now 
in these spoken uh, to us by his son, whom he hath appointed all things, by whom he also made the worlds. And being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Um, and, and that's just as a little bit of a introduction just there of he starts out by who the Lord himself is and not just not just speaking of some that a prophet or some other but God himself uh, has spoken to us and um, it said the express image and brightness of God's person in himself and and then he goes on in the book of Hebrews as we know it and tells about how much better the the reality in Christ redeeming his people is over what they knew as religion and what they knew in the in the the the, uh, the times before the sacrifices all the, the priesthood a lot of time spent on those things showing what they what they meant what the priesthood was and how they did things and saying but here's the true high priest here's what he has done and especially here's the true sacrifice offered once for this these other things were done a lot and and uh, uh, the book of Hebrews just uh, by God reveals so much to us about what the Old Testament spoke about, and that um, that we've seen in 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 much preaching and teaching from the Old Testament over the years, that those things uh, are, were not just religious uh, duties to do. There was a lot that saw them, and that was what they they did do those things. But there were those that God opened their eyes and revealed Himself to them, and by His knowledge, they were justified in in. And uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna follow that down a little bit farther. But the book of Hebrews shows how Christ is our redeemer. He is he is our redeemer and uh, uh, our our justification, our righteousness, His righteousness that we have. And 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 the same the same uh, thing here that that He is our redeemer. Um, in chapter 2, where, we, where we're headed, starting with verse 6 and reading down a bit, uh, verse 5. Uh, chapter 2, Hebrews, verse 5. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak, but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and it set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him... For whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, uh, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the children uh, behold, I am the children which God hath given me. 
For as much, verse 14, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he, be, might, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. And here, quite a, quite a, a piece here again that any of these can be dwelled on for a long time, but here's, then the, he is the fit one, and he is the one that was able to uh, because he took on uh, the seed of Abraham, took on flesh and blood, and that he was made like unto his brethren, except for sin. He, he, he knew all things that we know physically. Uh, and it says here that uh, he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make <clears throat> reconciliation for sins of the people that in himself has suffered uh, being tempted He's able to succor them that are tempted. Um, but he is that, that he was the one that could be. He was, he was the picture uh, uh, of the, the one that was able to do this. He was uh, like the, the picture in the Old Testament of the uh, fit man, I believe it said, that took the, the, the uh, scapegoat out into the wilderness to release him, and that's a picture of the sins of his people uh, being put away. In Romans, in Romans chapter, back up just a minute, Romans chapter 4, and keep these in mind that he has made unto us redemption, uh, Romans, uh, or yeah, Romans chapter four, starting with verse twenty. It says he staggered not. And this is speaking of, of our Father. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore, it was imputed to him to Abraham as righteousness. Now, if it, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. And as, it, as Abraham believed God and it was counted him for righteousness, and it says here, but not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him for righteousness, but for us also to whom it shall be if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. And that we know by uh, several other passages that that belief, if we indeed have that belief that God has given that by his grace to us, that it's not a faith, it's not something that's mustered up of ourselves or mustered up of enough evidence seen because Think of um, of the different ones over the years that saw things that God did 
miracles or or um, plagues or whatever that did not save them because they saw those things. And you'd think you'd see those things that that would uh, would make a difference, but it it does not. Only God's Spirit makes a difference in Him opening our eyes and making uh, our our Lord those things to us. In going on in Romans chapter five, and you, we could obviously read the book of Romans again through here too, like we could Isaiah fifty three or the book of Hebrews, a few passages. But we're going to read a few out of Romans, uh, chapter five of Romans, in the in the first uh, few verses says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations work with patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And we're going to stop there a second. And up here, part of that being made redemption to us are the things that we have in that. And part of them, uh, and one of them um, being justified by faith, as we just saw that God gives us. It says, therefore justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and we're going to see several other things, but that's one of the things that that uh, that redemption brings to his people is is a peace with God that that cannot be gotten any other way. Uh, it's not gotten by believing believing uh, just uh, the words of something. It has to be made that way to us. And as it says there in Corinthians, Christ has made those things to his people. He makes that. He makes that to be so. Uh, not it's not just a a um, a time spent in the scripture or anywhere else that that magically does that. But but by His Spirit, He reveals those things to us. Um, verse nine, going on a little bit in, in chapter five. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. That's the part that mostly comes out, and people think of redemption is, I don't have to, I don't have to look to burning up in hell. That's part of it. That is something that we're pretty glad of too. I mean, it's not, that's not a light thing, but that's there's so much more than that that is mean, that's revealed and made unto us when He is our Redeemer. Uh, that's that's just part of it. Verse ten it says. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled shall be saved uh, saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Uh, so it goes on there, we saved through his justified blood, saved from wrath through him, through him being our redeemer. And it says uh, we're reconciled to God uh, much more by his life. We are saved by his life and that we are now received the atonement for sin. Sin has been put away from from his people. Um, we have peace with God, justified, saved from wrath, received the atonement. These are all, again, things that are, if we unfold 
what redemption is. It, 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 it's such a big package. Uh, and then we're going to finish up the uh, verse 12 and following in, on chapter 5 of Romans. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sinned into the world, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it were, as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses under justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, one were, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And here, again, he speaks about the things that, as in Hebrews, about where sin entered into the world by one. And here it's an interesting thought in here that says the sin entered into the world by one man, by one act of sin, and put that on all. But the, the Adam from above, the true second Adam from above, he cleanses all his people from all their sins, manifold as they be. And it wasn't just one, one sin brought sin into the world. But, and as it's kind of saying here, we've kind of multiplied that of our own doing. Uh, uh, it, we didn't just have a sample of fruit or whatever it may have been, and that we lived the life. And, um, and he says, one death of the right one, takes care of multitude and all that into righteousness through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, one more spot in Romans. While we're here, while we're nearby, in Romans chapter 8. And again, read these passages in their totality because obviously we're taking a piece here and there from them uh, and I don't believe we're missing what's said there, but but read these passages. It's it's important to 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 see that. In in Romans chapter eight, starting with verse twelve, it says, "Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye leave, live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live." For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. And here, uh, um, um, by the Spirit and and putting life in his people, we should never die in that in that way. But and here, verse fifteen is a, is an important uh, thought here. It says, "For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption." Where you cry, "Abba, Father!" So in redemption, again, it's not um, it's not we believe that that he paid for our sins, but we're kind of apprehensive about. Uh, uh, about uh, where we stand with God, but here, as it says, it's not a uh, not a spirit of bondage to fear, but to receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, "Abba, Father," that we are uh, uh, placed in that we are, we're adopted into that. We are we are um, uh, we just have no fear of of God. The terror that that death has for people is is not knowing or the fear of what's going to happen in the end. And uh, as in redemption, and as it says, a spirit bears witness with our spirit that these things be so, uh, that that we have no terror uh, of those things. We, have, we don't like the thought of death necessarily. I mean, that still is apprehensive to us. We have some apprehension about that physically speaking, but not uh, not spiritually speaking. Um, and then turn to the book of Hebrews one more time. There is a few places in Hebrews that are pretty good for God's people. Hebrews chapter 4, starting with the, the first verse, it says... Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short, short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it must, therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not because of unbelief. Again he limiteth a certain day, saying to David, Today after so long a time, as it is said, Today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if, if it says Jesus, but Joshua it's speaking about, had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. But verse here there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also seeth from his own works as God did from his. And when Christ is made, as it says, made unto us redemption as our Redeemer, 
we enter into that rest that could not be given by at Joshua or any the priests and stuff. They couldn't they couldn't make that real to the people. The Spirit of God always had to reveal that and show him as as Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Uh, uh, and and the, the Spirit revealed that to Job and to all his people. But here there is a rest, and it says, a rest that as he also that has seats from his own works as God did. And we spoke about salvation based on works or based on Christ's righteousness and redemption to his people. And when God reveals that to us and by his spirit reveals those things to us, we can rest and we do rest. We enter into that. We don't have to, we don't have to figure out how to get there. I can remember in religion figuring out if you have this problem, how, how do you get from where you are to where you, I, I knew the plan of salvation and those words of that. But if it's not made real to you, you don't have the, it's not much of an answer uh, until God reveals himself to us. And, and then we can enter, indeed, we can rest because we've, we're done trying to get somewhere. It's based on, on Christ and all he has done for his people. Um, so he has a rest. And then in chapter 6, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to save some of this for next time, some of the thoughts I have. But Hebrews chapter 6, starting with verse 13. It says, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by great, the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into the, within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So not only do we have that peace, but we have, as it says here, we has we have a hope. We have hope uh, in Him that is, and it's not a wish. And I sure hope something's going to turn out right. But it's a it's a hope. It's a hope based on we know our Redeemer. We 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 know that uh, who He is and He what He how we stand that we stand in Him completely, and that uh, uh, as it says, He's entered in for us. And uh, we have a hope of that. Steadfast and sure, it says. And then, in Revelation, in just two short spots here, in Revelation chapter 1, chapter chapter 1 of Revelation, uh, verses 4 through 6, it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten from the, of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us uh, uh, from our sins in his own blood 
and hath made it kings and priests unto God and his Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And as it says here, um, grace to us from uh, and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come uh, from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness to his people. And then in closing, Jude, the last couple of verses of Jude, it says, uh, Jude num- uh, verse 24, it says, Now unto him that's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to only only wise God our Savior be glory uh, and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. And here uh, he is he is the, that one that uh, he's the one that's able it says keep us he'll keep us and that's that's kind of um, not the end of the story but the end of of uh, uh, the, the thoughts here that he's redemption man our redemption it's not just a simple doing something and there you go but he sees it through to the end and he will uh, see his people through to the end. And in that way, he is made unto us, as it said, redemption. That's one of those things. And as happens about this time every Sunday morning, be free. Thank you. I hope I hit that button again to stop it. Mike, do I hit that button again to stop it? On the, the, round one. the mode button?